My name's Matthew Whitehouse. You're listening to the Face podcast recorded at Spotify HQ. Now, we were in the office a few weeks ago, kind of talking about whatever we'd done the night before, and Olive Pometsi, Face features editor, came in and mentioned that she'd been in the pub around the corner from the office and, and, and she'd seen a sign that had sort of struck fear into her heart and this sign said, polite notice, dynamic pricing is currently live in this venue during this peak trading session. Now this is something that we hadn't ever heard of, hadn't ever come across before and so we thought, well who better to speak to than the writer, Circle Zero Eight online editor, Notorious Pintsman, is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Notorious Pintsman. <laughs> Jimmy McIntosh, thank you for joining us, Jimmy. Thank you very much for having me, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you wrote an article about dynamic pricing in pubs for the Face magazine. Before we get into the kind of details of it, can, can you tell us when you first saw an example of dynamic pricing? Because you opened the article with a, a very specific example. Yes, I was in my first year of university down at Sussex, um, and... I think it was New Year's Eve. It was around Christmas time, around mm. the kind of New Year. And a friend of a friend, possibly of a friend, ran a pub called The Checkers on Preston Street, which I think is still a pub now, but not in the same kind of proper pub style. Understood. Um, and they were doing a thing called Drink the Bar Dry because they were, I think they were leaving or possibly the pub was shutting to become something else. So I got there and there was like a stock ticker <laughs> on the wall. And the premise was kind of, if loads of people are buying pints of lager, they go up in price. Right. But then no one's, you know, buying creme de menthe or something. So that goes down to 50p for a shot of creme de menthe. So it's <laughs> with the kind of thing of, okay, you know, that's so cheap, I've got to buy it. So it ended, well, my night ended pretty soon after midnight, I think, because I was just so pissed and, <laughs> and had to go home. On creme de menthe. On creme de menthe, yeah. Oh, what a feeling. Yeah, it was, um, but that was my first experience of dynamic pricing. And then obviously found out about this kind of similar version of dynamic pricing but much much worse mm -mm. well let's just uh, let's quickly explain dynamics because dynamic pricing is something we, we've spoken about in this podcast before in relation to concert tickets the higher demand the, the, the higher the price also happens with things like uber you know that's that's that surge charge that you get when it's kind of a, a peak period but it's a similar thing in pubs right so it's it's when a pub is busier the the prices go up yeah so i think the pub in question they said the bartender behind the bar, mm -hmm. um, she told me that it generally goes up when there's events. So it's like we're in central London, there's lots of theatres around and there's, they also do events in the pubs and that's when the drink prices go up. Mm. Terrifying. Well, uh, it's also it's, it's very different to kind of that idea of a happy hour. You kind of think in those sort of periods, you have the happy yeah. hour and the drinks prices go down. It seems the complete opposite of what you would expect. Yes, I think I kind of prefer it if it went hand in hand with a happy hour and it was like okay when we're really busy <laughs> fine it goes up but if we're completely empty at 2pm on a Monday afternoon you can get a pint for a quid yeah <laughs> but uh, it unfortunately doesn't work like that <laughs> but what, what's the reason that they give them so it's it's to, it's busier periods and it's to cover what cleaning costs and, and, yeah, and that's the kind of excuse they gave right yeah it was making sure they've got enough staff on the door and behind the bar and yeah cleaning costs and polycarbonate glasses um, right, the plastic, plastic takeaway yeah, glass. Which, which, yeah, I didn't realise would be more expensive than... Well, not the prices that you... Because you went... So you went into this pub, mm. right? And what mm. did you find? What were the sort of prices that you were looking I, at? I, I went in there on a Wednesday evening at about 6.30 or 7, and I paid £7.10 
10 pence or 5 pence for right. a pint of Peroni, which is a lot. <laughs> which so I thought perhaps dynamic pricing was in operation then. <laughs> but I was then told it wasn't. Uh, and actually, apparently it can go up to £7.60. Wow, um, and the bar staff told you this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they seem surprised at the amount that they were charging? I think kind of, yeah. I just got the impression they were just there to do a job, really. And mm, they just didn't really mm, care. Mm, mm. But it was very... I mean, it wasn't as busy as you would expect, but mm. I suppose it wasn't dynamic at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So far, we haven't named this pub, but it's a pub in, in central London that's near the face office. But you... you I'm right in thinking you contacted the group that, that owns the, the chain of pubs. Yeah, so the pub... Am I allowed to name the pub? We can name yeah. the pub. <laughs> the pub is... Uh, <laughs> it's not under embargo. Um, <laughs> the pub is the Coach House near Piccadilly Circus, um, and it's owned by Stonegate. And, yeah, I contacted them, and they weren't too kind of forthcoming in a decent answer. Mm. They just basically repeated what it said on the sign. Right, um, right. And then I contacted them again, putting the article to them and they just never got back to me so right well, it's, it's it's an interesting thing to talk about isn't it because it's come at a time when we're all aware of a kind of pub closures and nightlife closures generally and this feels like something that surely risks driving more people away from pubs at a, at a time when when they need them right yeah yeah i mean pubs are getting more and more expensive it's you know it kind of began before covid even but then that COVID didn't help. And then the cost of living crisis, you know, pints just keep going up and up in price. And it's hard to see them ever coming back down again. Mm, <laughs> Much mm. like inflation, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what, it's, uh, I introduced you at the start as a notorious pintsman. And that's <laughs> and that's because you, you run uh, an Instagram and Twitter account, right? Yes. Of, of London's dead Lon pubs. London dead pubs, yeah. yeah. So basically what I do, I run all over London taking photos of things that used to be pubs. Um, so it's taken me everywhere from... Watford to Wimbledon um, and then you know I choose the best 10 from my run and do an Instagram post about them I've got drafts of like 500 different pubs ready wow. to go um, but I just it takes a long time to kind of research them and they've mm. got to have a good story as well some pubs just shut mm. <laughs> <laughs> nothing interesting happened there when did you start doing it and like what prompted you to... I, I started in 2021 um, I started because I've I was really bored and I was making maps. I really like maps. Um, I was making a map of all of the... I live in Holloway, so I was making a map of all the kind of dead pubs in Holloway. And then I did Holloway and I was like, well, I'll do Islington. And then after Islington, I was like, well, I may as well do all of central London. Then I was like, well, I probably should include, you know, Debden and, you know, <laughs> Sydenham, Croydon. How far do you run? I mean, I don't run there. I get the train Got down. <laughs> and then I, the routes are normally about 15 kilometres. And you kind of go really round the houses to get them, get each pub. But it's, yeah, it's a good way to see London. So now I, now I enjoy it just for, yeah, going to these places that you wouldn't normally go to. Mm, um, and mm. just seeing... And you find that each bit of London has a distinct flavour, I think, which is... Very cool. Mm, mm. But I mean, the account's obviously about um, dead pubs, you know, pubs mm. that are no longer there. But what do you think about, and we're going to talk, I guess, primarily about London because we, we all happen to live here. Uh, but what do you think about the state of, of pubs in London at the moment? And, and if you can speak to it, the, the country in a wider sense. I think they're becoming a lot more homogenised pubs. Certainly in London, you know, when I've been to Liverpool and Leeds, a similar story appears. The kind of... There is a template of pub, which a lot of pubs are now following, which is very kind of stripped back, 
you know, quite uncomfortable high seats. Uh, they do food. Pints are normally kind of continental lager or craft and quite expensive. And, you know, maybe they'll show sports, but the atmosphere, I don't know, it's, it's, they're lacking a vibe, I think. You still do get the odd pub in London where you walk in and you go, oh, wow, like it's like the extension of someone's living room or something. But, yeah, a lot of them, especially the ones owned by the pub companies, are just quite vibeless, yeah. Mm, mm. What do you look for in a good pub? I'm very old school, so I, I love a carpet. Um, I love a leather bonquette. <laughs> um, you know, lace curtains if we really want to push the stereotype. But just a really warm atmosphere and like a, a level of cosiness, which mm. I think when you take away carpet, it often becomes quite bare and spartan and just not that welcoming, I find. Mm. Um, you know, it could just be... Like there was a trend in dining recently um, for those kind of places that were kind of very industrial yeah. brick, you yeah. know, like a kind of aircraft hangar canteen style thing, which I, you know, again, I'd rather go to a French style bistro mm. with, you know, tablecloths and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, it's, I think it's a wider trend in, in, in culture as well for, for minimalism. Mm. Um, yeah, so basically everything... Maximalism in pubs is what yes. I look for, I suppose. Yeah, trinkets, yeah. horseshoes yeah. hanging yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Quirkiness. Yeah, something yeah. when you go in and you go, ah, this is this could be no other pub than, you know, the Smith Arms or whatever. A general trend is what, what we talk about, though, is kind of do young people just, are they just less into drinking? You know, and kind of do they, do they drink less? Mm. I wonder if it's something that you yourself have noticed, Jimmy, in the pubs, and, and what do you think? Do, there's this kind of pub culture that you're describing. Is that going to, are we going to be the last, the millennials going to be the yeah. last generation to enjoy that? I mean, I, I hope not, because I, th mm. I think the pubs are really special places. There are certain pubs, like you go to the Blue Posts on Berwick Street in Soho and it's mm. full of, what, well, Gen Z people. Yeah, due but, to its proximity to the yeah. trendy streetwear yeah. shops. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you went to the Black Deer in Debden, there's probably not many Gen Z people drinking right. in there. Um, probably just a couple of old boys at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. I mean, I've heard as well of that apparently that is the trend. I think people are always going to want to escape and are always going to want to have a good time. Perhaps their lifestyles are not as centred around booze as millennials and people older than that. But, you know, they're places to meet pubs. So if you take them away, where are you going to meet? Like a coffee shop or the mm, park? Mm. Can't meet in the park in winter. Um, or even in summer. <laughs> or even in summer, yeah. <laughs> Too busy. But, yes, yeah, so I, I hope not. Mm. But I haven't noticed particularly any less young people in pubs oh it's the same answer that we arrive at every week well yeah. Gen Z are drinking less not that we've seen it mm. uh, it seems to be the conclusion we arrive at constantly <laughs> yeah fake news what percentage is like a white claw because I feel like that's a very Gen Z drink yeah although there was someone drinking it in the office who didn't realise it was alcoholic and we had a batch delivered to the face and they just thought it was a soft drink I've, I've never I had just it. quietly buzzed at their desk <laughs> for four days You're drinking all day <laughs> It, from 9am I, I, I believe it doesn't taste of alcohol it's like very easy yeah, to yeah it's just like sparkling yeah. water yeah um, I mean, that sounds great yeah it slides down real easy <laughs> <laughs> go on then we're at risk of um, and I hope that my regional accent mitigates this risk at risk of sounding too London centric what's your favourite pub to go to around here I, I get asked this question a lot and it's hard <laughs> I think that my favourite pub in central London it changes every week as well right now partly because it's in my memory 
the Blue Post is very good. Mm. Um, North London, near me, there's one called uh, the Prince Edward, which is a lovely Victorian pub with uh, very original features. And they show the football, and they've got pool table, relatively cheap drinks. South London, uh, God, can't think right now. <laughs> All I can think of is the Asylum Tavern in Peckham, which is not my favourite pub. <laughs> quite partly, extraordinary. Partly because I might be going there later tonight. Right. Um, in West London, there's some really good ones, surprisingly, around Sloan Square. Um, there's one called the Rose and Crown, which is like a kind of the last bastion of of normality in Sloan Square amongst all the oh, yeah? all the kind of rich people shopping. Uh-huh. Um, it's a really good pub. But even there, you, you know, you're paying probably like six fifty up. up What's the average? Line. You think? What are you paying at the moment, on average? It's got to be yes. It's over six quid, I think. Six pounds twenty. Yeah. I would say. I don't know about you guys. Is that? Yeah, I check that. I'm more of a wine drinker, so you know, my that and then that's just even yeah. more expensive, like eight quid. Um, yeah, you kind of just get used to. But it's almost tapping. becoming <laughs> like pints and now. Because I, I always thought of like a double or well, a large glass of wine is normally like eight quid, seven quid, but now pints are kind of basically there up. as well. Yeah, yeah, well, at the coach house, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> what outcome did you reach at the end of your piece then, Jimmy, about dynamic price? Is it is it here to stay? Is it going? Is it a very localised thing? Is it widespread? What what did, what conclusion did you come to? From what I could tell, with doing a bit of research, it's only Stonegate that do it. So is where, it? Right. Yeah, Weatherspoons are contacted them and they said that they have no plans to introduce it that you know they'd never heard of it same with antic pub group who are a smaller pub group who do some really good pubs so it is only stonegate for now and and they have been doing a similar kind of thing well since at least 2018 there's uh lots of articles um about how the price of a pint went up 50p during the 2018 world cup um, which obviously caused uproar. Oh, during the games? Yeah. So when England were playing, every pint went up by 50p. Good. And then again in the in November uh, of last year, or whenever the December Qatar World Cup was, they went up by a pound. So it's obviously something that they've built into their business model. But it's almost... The new, the new thing of dynamic pricing seems like it's kind of on a whim. Mm. Like they could just decide, oh, it's... Yeah, just put the sign up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's deciding? It just yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems very arbitrary to me. Mm. I wonder how many people actually notice though, because you spoke to someone in your piece, right? Who was in the yeah. pub and he hadn't noticed the sign at all. Well, because I think you know, especially if you're with friends, as you said, you just like get around in, and we're so used to expensive pints now that if it goes up by fifty p here or there. You, know, yeah. you just say, oh, it's an expensive pub. You realise the next day when you look at your, yeah. like, Monday yeah. statement. <laughs> and you get card decline the next yeah. day in Sainsbury's, yeah. <laughs> look, Jimmy, ju- just just lastly, uh, wanting to ask you the most important question last. What's the ultimate pub snack, do you think, to accompany <laughs> a pint? I mean, I'm a big fan of the surf and turf, bacon fries and scampi <laughs> fries mixed together. Um, there is something about... I, I don't know who does those crisps, the scampi fries and bacon fries, but whatever they do, keep doing it. <laughs> it's just very salty, very addictive. Yeah, I, I was um, in a pub the other day and I, wish, I witnessed a child eat their first scampi fry and I yeah. was so happy I was there They'll be hooked moment. on pubs. Yeah. It was extraordinary. <laughs> I've seen people um, get lemon and squeeze the lemon into the scampi Ooh. fries. Which you'd think would be nice, but also might go a bit soggy. Soggy, yeah, you yeah. can't have them sitting there for too long, although no. that doesn't really tend to be an issue. No, no, there's only about ten in the packet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And 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 next on your pint journey, what do you? Because you you know you write about this kind of stuff for for lots of different places. Our friends at the fence, you yes. you write yeah, for those yeah. guys. Uh, what's next for you? Do you know what you're working on next? It will be more audacious and um, kind of iniquitous trips, uh, further away than ever before. Um, I really want to go to like the Channel Islands and see what boozing is like in the Channel Islands. <laughs> Probably just exactly the same as it is here, to be honest. But... <laughs> Basically, I just want a free holiday. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Thanks to Olive and to Jimmy for joining us this week. The Face podcast is recorded at Spotify, produced by Hunter Charlton. We'll see you next time.